Have you ever noticed how we're different and the same and the same and we're different and we're different and the same? All kinds of people. On the Talk of Muncie, WMUN, All Kinds of People, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz, getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Hey, 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 everybody. Good morning and welcome to all kinds of people on the Talk of Muncie, WMUN. And um, we're bouncing a basketball around today in the studios. Coach Brady Salee is in, the head of um, women's basketball at Ball State. Coach, welcome to Wolf Boom Radio. Dr. Joe, thanks. Uh, excited to be here. And I, I love the concept of this show. I give it credit to good old Steve Lindell, the voice of Delaware County. Thank I, you. I call him the governor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, appropriate title. Thank you. But <laughs> it was an opportunity to just get some folks in who the community knows about because of some successes and stuff, but to really talk about them and how they sort of juggle their career path and get to know a little bit about their family and what they do during off seasons and things. So 10 seasons now, right? Uh, I count them up. I think I just finished my 11th. 11th. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 10 yeah. seasons in 11th wrapped up. And how's it been? Well, I, I tell it you, been? It, it's, you know, I, I love the intro there because it talks about community in this show. Yeah. And I hoped coming into this job that it would be that community, uh, where I could raise a family and, and I could really dig deep into it and, and get as much out of it as I was going to put into it. And it's been every bit of that and more. And, and I think that's one of the special things about Delaware County, uh, Muncie, and, and the whole area is, is it really is a small-town feel, a big-time college atmosphere. But uh, it's been a special place for us, and it's been uh, the best 11 years of my career, that's for sure. That's really well said about the whole community idea because it is small-townish, and yet at a game when the crowd's there <laughs> – <laughs> Uh, big things happening uh, as if it's a much bigger community, especially right. with that wonderful Werther Arena. That's right. Um, so from a coaching standpoint, mm -hmm. what what would you list as one or two, maybe three of the challenges of bringing people together, making it the concept of a team, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and realizing that's not about stardom necessarily, but it is about that team effort. Yeah, that, it's a great question. Um, and as you're posing it, I'm thinking to myself, you know, as, as a young head coach back before I got here at Eastern Illinois, um, the, the easy thing to do is to bring in people that you're comfortable with, um, hmm. that, that maybe are going to make your job easier easier so to speak and do you gather that by interviewing high school people a, a little bit you little talk bit? to a lot of people around them but as you as you grow in this business you figure out it is less about you and more about the collective what you can put together that is going to work with each other so um, you have to be able to adapt 
as a leader, as a head coach, because you can't always just bring in yes men or people that are going to make you feel good or people that are just going to do it your way 24-7. There's got to be um, a little bit of that uh, adapt mentality, but I think the key is you don't ever compromise on where your core values are. And so that's what we've been able to do. And I think, you know, after 19 years, I feel like um, I'm as comfortable in putting a team together uh, as you can be. And it has very little to do with me and more about the end goal of trying to have a team that's full of character and willing to play hard and willing to play for the right things. And I think when you do that, as evidenced by this year, you can have a special season. Yeah, you certainly have had a special season. Um not just one special season, by the way. And I, I've been quite fascinated by the fact that 13 of your players have gone on professionally. Mm-hmm. Three have been freshmen of the year. Um, three, uh, 30 plus have been conference players. There, there's gotta be something within that mix that you and the assistant coaches trigger enough mm-hmm. to let them bring out their best, but still keep, like you said, that community and teamwork together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's um it it's it it's what it's all about, right? I mean, you've got to be able to push their buttons, and I think the key there uh, is you can't coach them the same. Every kid is different. Uh, you have to find that button. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned my staff because um, I've got a bunch of rock stars that work for me. <laughs> um, you know, Audrey Spencer, who's my associate head coach. You're talking about community. She played here. Um, as did my other two assistants in Juwan Scaife and Mariah Monaco. Um, But, you know, Audrey's been with me the whole 11 years I've been here. And so um, she bleeds cardinal and white. There's no question about it. But um, I I think the one thing that our kids know they're going to get from us is a true passion, Um, not just a nine-to-five passion, but it's uh, this is something we eat live and drink and breathe that's for sure yeah Brady do you think um, it helps to have former players as assistants Mm -hmm. so that the current players can look at them and say hey that could be me someday or sure they had a great career here yeah I I think it helps in a lot of ways I I don't know that it's necessarily the end all you have to do it this way I understand but um but boy when you, you know I don't know that there's another staff in the country that's comprised of all alums like ours is. Oh, um, okay. You know, so we, uh, all three of my assistants all, yeah, they're all here. played here and, and came back here and wanted to be here. So when they're selling Ball State University, it's from their heart. You know, when they're coaching these kids and, and they're coaching them hard, it's truly from the heart, you know. And so I think where our players see um, a mentor that has walked the same hallways, had the same disappointments, had the same – um, exciting times, and uh, all impressive people that have been products of a Ball State education, a Ball State community. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think I've got the best staff in the country, and uh, they show it every day with the way they recruit uh, and what they put into it. And, you know, it, it's hard to make me look good. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no. But I've got a face made for radio. So. Listen, listen up, Coach. You're <laughs> – you're at the helm, Coach. So yeah, I appreciate you're the one that's that. driving the machine. And I, I really like what you just said about the alums because during my teaching career, when we've had alums come to class, 
after class, you could see kids gather around them mm-hmm. to talk about, hey, how'd you do? This is cool. You came back. And it just sets a very interesting tone right. for the students that are there now thinking where they're going to go uh, and what they could accomplish as well. Um, let me rewind the tape back mm-hmm. to Eastern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things did you learn at Eastern Illinois that you put in the car when you picked yeah. up the family and headed to Muncie? Yeah, uh, it, it, great question, because without that experience, I don't succeed here, plain and simple. So um, here, here's the interesting part. You know, when I got offered that job, I, I'd been a longtime assistant, um, and I was a recruiting coordinator at East Carolina. And the week before, I'd been offered the recruiting coordinator's job at Cincinnati. Ah, okay. And I was honest with the head coach then, Lori Pirtle, and I said, hey, Lori, I've got this head coaching opportunity that I want to take a look at. And she said, that's fine, I understand. And uh, she goes, but nobody has ever won there at Eastern Illinois. I said, I understand, but there's always a first, and let me see what sure, what it's made sure. of. Um, and – the first thing I learned was when I went over there, there was plenty they didn't have, but they had good people. Okay, okay. And that's where my focus started, and that's what I looked for when I came here as well. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a big part of it. And then um, we didn't have facilities. We didn't have all those things. I fell on my face the first three or four years until I learned – how to get a team to believe in each other and themselves and quit worrying about a team believing in me. Yeah, okay. That's where the experience came in a little bit and it became less about me, more about them. Yeah, and also more about the people, not the facilities necessarily. That's well. right. And, you know, so. again, it's it's what makes every great organization. You know, you've got four walls, you've got a roof, and, you've you know, everybody's but got it's that. Still down but it's, to the team. it's all about the people. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Brady Salee, a successful basketball coach of women at Ball State. And we're going to come back and have some more chat with Brady after this break. Stay with us on All Kinds of People. Now, back to WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to All Kinds of People. And I am sitting back enjoying my time with Brady Salee, um, I'd say quite the successful women's basketball coach, head basketball coach at Ball State. And Brady, as, as you work with the team, I'm just kind of curious, you know, during the week you're practicing and you're sort of assessing the group, comes game time, they're getting ready for the game, you're talking to them a little bit. What goes through a coach's mind as you hear them say, man, I had a bad week, coach, or I took a final yesterday and it didn't go well, or I did? And how does that play into the starting five? And or you walk into sidelines saying, you know, it's time to just pull her out for a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What what triggers that? Yeah, I'll work in reverse. So I'll start with the substitution question. Um, You know, a lot of people, they come to games and, and they see what they may think is a quick trigger. Oh, man, he yanked her out. She made one mistake. He yanked her out. And, you know, and that's that's why my family, when they come to games, sit as far away from the fans as they can because, you know, I'm always the bozo out there. So we got home. Mandy and the that's kids right. upstairs. That's yeah. right. Okay. Um, but um, really, those substitutions come from practice. You know, let's say it's a Wednesday night game. Well, on Monday and Tuesday, we're game planning for that. And we're putting them in game-like situations. And we're putting them in pressure situations. 
and we're seeing them make some mistakes and play the next play, or we're seeing them make some mistakes and they snowball into others. Well, when you get to a game and you've coached them through those mistakes and, and all that, well, you see that same mistake. Well, I've watched for two days already what it's going to look mm -hmm. like at the end of it. So that might be the quick trigger because I know it's just going to lead to another one. So I'm not going to put that player in a position where they can't be successful, right? And so that's where some of those are quick, and some of them I let play through it because they've proven to me in practice. And I tell every recruit the same exact thing, and I mean it. I tell every player the same thing. I'm a practice coach. I love it. That's my classroom. And I feel like practice is my time. Game day is their time. So your assessment's going on during those practice 100%. sessions more than anything else. To 100%. see how many times they repeat something or don't repeat something. That's right. That and so necessary. when I see it mirror itself in games, well, that helps me know what I need to do for that player. And a lot of times everybody thinks a substitution is done to a player. Well, I'd say a mm -hmm. substitution is done for a player. And I think that's a big difference, and that's maybe where – a fan doesn't quite understand it. No, I love um, that distinction and, you're making. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, it, it's we're, we're firm believers if we do our jobs as coaches in practice, they can do their jobs on game day. Yeah, on game day. And you, and you trust them and you let them roll. And as much of the practice session based on films of the incoming team, mm -hmm. yeah, to watch a lot who of their key work. players are and then right. you do some matching up? A lot of game plan. And that's, you know, my staff is usually working – two to three games ahead um, so that, you know, when one game's done, boom, on my desk, boom. here comes the next one. And I don't sleep a whole lot during the season because, you know, a game gets over at 9, I get home by 10.30, and I watch our game film from the night before, then I watch the next game, and I'm not up exactly and at them Netflix and, specials. Yeah, <laughs> not, not so much. I, I lose, <laughs> lose track of the streaming stuff during the season, that's for sure, but yeah, so so that's the whole substitution piece, you know. Um, a, a great anecdote about how do you know when your team's ready. Yes. Um, what, what is it? So I rely a lot on my staff there because they're out on the floor during warm-ups. Okay. And, and they see the energy. And every team is different. I've had some teams that were really quiet before games, but they were ready to play. I've had some teams that had to be juiced up in order to go out there and, and start up, yelling, cheering. Yeah. I had some teams that are fast starters, some teams that are slow starters. So I don't get overly concerned with it, but I always the last thing I ask my staff before I go in to meet with them the last time before we go on the floor, I say, okay, how's the group? And they give me kind of that barometer. That feedback. Yeah. Um, so perfect example, we're, we're playing at BYU this year. Um, it was a long trip. We, we had played Utah State a couple nights before, beat Utah State like a drum, um, but, you know, it's it's a long travel. Travel time. Time differences, yep. you know. Um, and so I asked my staff, you know, before I'm going in, how are we? And Audrey says, eh, I think they need a little Brady right now. Um, and so I went in and, and it, was a, it was a little bit different. It was a little bit, hey, you know, I, I appealed to their pride. I appealed to, hey, this is why you put on the jersey to show up for games like this. You may be tired. You may be this. You may be that. But it's go time right now, and the name across the front of your jersey demands yep. that we play a certain way, especially in women's basketball at Ball State. And, boy, did they respond. And But I didn't have to do that every game. And I think if you do it too much, they become tone deaf, right? Yeah. So okay. you, you've okay. got to be somewhat, you know, to the point, but but just not do it for the sake of doing it. 
Uh, no, it's got, it's got to be real. Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. you got to be the head coach. Right. right. But, but you don't have to be the dominant one. That's right. Uh, and allow the assistance. Because as you were just talking, I guess I kept thinking about the, the importance of assistance. Oh. Because i got to believe some of the players attach to those assistants pretty tightly sometimes. 100%. 100%. And you know, while they don't have to reveal everything to you, the assistants can come in and say, hey, we better go light with mm-hmm. her this time. Or yeah. So relying on that yeah. information. Yeah. Because like you mentioned, a kid that has a test that, you know, it's they were up all night. If I don't have that information, I may come into practice and rip that kid's tail. Well, it doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. But if I have that information, I can coach them a little bit differently. A little differently. And, uh, and I think and, – and at the end of it, I can put my arm around them and tell them, hey, I understand. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I appreciate you. And I think that goes a long way. And I think, again, as, as long as those kids know you love them, you can coach them, coach them really hard. And, and as long as they know you trust them and they trust you, you can coach them really hard. And that's – you have to do the first before you can do – the latter yeah. you, you can't just come in bobby knight style anymore they have to know your why yeah and that's really really yeah. critical now they want to be part of their team Absolutely. but they want to be respected mm-hmm. um from the top down as well yeah coach what's it like recruiting <laughs> what's it like having mm-hmm. families come who mm-hmm. obviously bring their daughter you're saying hey she's a standout so what are you going to offer her? right right <laughs> no it's um, it's one of the still to this day most invigorating things we do. Uh, clearly, game days are, you know, a big win, and and that's a whole different adrenaline rush. But um, it's the the recruiting is the lifeblood of your program. You know, I'm only as good as the players I coach. You know, I haven't rewritten any basketball X and and O books. Um, uh, but, but you're working toward well, it. Well, come yeah, on, come I don't on, know. coach. Um, yeah. But but the recruiting is is really where teams are built and so we have a saying at our place it's not for you know ball state women's basketball isn't for everybody and so my staff does a tremendous job of building what we call our war board so those are the kids on that board that we think can help us win a championship and they're our types of people now do we hit 100 percent? no and that's where the process really comes in you have to be a great listener you know everybody thinks oh he can go in and he can sell a used car blah 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 and he can talk and you have to be a great listener because they will tell you if they're made for this or not you just have to listen and there'll be some red flags that come up along the way okay that you know if if you don't listen and you're not real about them you're going to make a mistake but you have to be willing to walk away from that rated player, that really good player, that kid that everybody's telling you you have to have. And um, it's hard to do because you can see the talent, but there's so much more that goes into, goes into being that. a special player. And so, um, like I said, it's it's not a science, but uh, I love one, – one of the things that I love the most about the recruiting process is when the kids come on campus – and I see them in their environment with their families. Hmm. That interaction tells me a lot about who they are to their core. Okay. Um, whether it's respectful, whether it's disrespectful, whether it's too cool for school, with you see them around their family, you see they're real. Yeah. What do you and Mandy get to do with Avery, Taryn, and Drew? <laughs> yeah. When there's time. Well, we're we're blessed again. You know, that's where the community comes in. I mean, our kids have been raised in in this for pretty much their whole lives, and and so 
you know, I've got two daughters at Ball State. Right. One's going to be a senior. One's going to be a sophomore. Drew plays baseball and, and basketball through the Yorktown deal. Okay. Um, okay. So we really chase them around a ton. And, and uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I find time to coach my son's travel baseball team. Yes. And I love every second of it. <laughs> Once a coach, always a coach. Amen. Right? <laughs> We've been with Brady Salee, everybody, the head basketball coach for women's basketball at Ball State. And go to the website and check out his career path. It's just been incredible. Coach, thanks so much for coming in to all kinds of people. This has been enjoyable. Doc Joe, I appreciate the invite. I'd, uh, anytime you want to have me, I'd love to join you. We'll do it again. Thank you. Everybody, have a good week and uh, come back next week and listen to all kinds of people on WMUN, the talk of Muncie.